Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hi, welcome to Impact the World. And my guest today is Laurie Ladd. Laurie is an Ascension teacher, a multidimensional channel, and she is very loved for her regular videos on YouTube, her work in assisting humanity at this time, and she's incredibly dedicated to her work. So it was a delight to get to meet her for the first time and have this conversation which I'm sure you will enjoy. And if you are a fan of the show and you want to support us, you can do that through rating, reviewing, or subscribing over on Apple Podcasts. That helps spread the shows and spread the word. Thank you for being here, and we hope you enjoy Laurie Ladd. And as usual, all links to our guest's work can be found in the show notes. Laurie, thank you so much for being with us here on the show. It's a real treat to meet you. As I was just telling you before we started, I think I first heard your name about two years ago and it was someone at one of my workshops said, oh, I watch Laurie's videos and she's great. And then other people in our community would mention you. So it's fantastic to meet you. It's really great to meet you. I'm excited. I've, I've known of you and your work for a very long time. So it's great to connect live and, uh, and have this dialogue right now. Perfect time. Yay. Well, I'm curious, Laurie, when did you kind of get started? Like I know a little bit from your bio, but I'm curious if you could share with us perhaps when spirituality really kind of came, became a big thing in your life and, and, and how that became work for you. Well, I mean, I would say the actual work part where I was like, oh, I'm now serving humanity with my, with my voice and, my, and, and, and doing it as a work, service work, was about five years ago. But I knew that I was, at 13, I, I was awake, wide awake, just as awake as I am right now. And I knew that I was here to work with humans during the ascension process. This was like 1989. Um, and that the ascension process looked very different or we had a different kind of awareness around it. Um, I think a lot of us in this community thought that it was sort of the earth was going to maybe have like massive cataclysmic physical experiences where we would all just kind of vanish and that would be the ascension. Um, and now we know, oh no, it's actually a physical ascension. Like we're doing it right here in the body. We're not going anywhere. Uh, but I knew at 13. And so I just sort of shut it out and lived a very normal, dense, third dimensional life. Um, and just always was going in and out of like, you know, you're here to do something big. Yeah, but I don't want to because I don't want to commit yet. Yeah, but you know, you're here to do something big. So there was this constant for the, you know, the next 30 years, 25 years of when are you going to commit to it? When are you going to commit to it? And when 2015, I was working in a private equity firm and nothing really happened. It wasn't like something traumatic happened, but it was... Um, I just was ready. And I went to Mount Shasta and I hiked up this mountain 
And I literally like threw up my arms and I was like, I will do everything and anything it takes from this point forward to serve humanity. And I'm a hundred percent in. So just show me the way, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And, um, and so I've been following guidance from that point forward. Um, and now I'm here, um, really serving in that way. So, uh, but I've always known from a very young age. Beautiful. And when, you know, you said 13, so what was your life like then? What, what was your family of origin and, and, and you know, what, what was their experience with spirituality? And, and, and what, what was it that kind of happened at 13? Well, my mom is really spiritual. Um, and so she brought me into that world. She took me to, to seminars. We, we grew up in Southern California. So we went to these um, seminars all over Southern California and retreats. Um, and I was reading books back then, uh, books that people are reading now. And I, I just started just devouring. My mom was the kind of gateway for me. Um, and everything was just like, oh, this makes so much sense. This makes so much sense. Um, and you know, I, I had a lot of trauma in my, when I was like between the ages of five and seven. And so there was a lot of healing that I had to go through in order to show up and serve. And, um, and apparently that took me 25 years, but, um, but my mom was really the gateway that, that, that opened this knowledge and this information for me and, and to me. And of course, there was nobody at my age that that was doing anything that we could even have a conversation with me. Nobody at thirteen, um, and so it was it was compartmentalized. It was like, oh, this is what I do with my mom and her friends and the adults, um, and and then I go and be the teenager, you know, that has all the trauma in her body and that's got the drinking and the smoking and the sex and the everything that I do with this awareness of like, oh, there's something much bigger happening on this planet. So that was my life, really, uh, that, that dichotomy of like knowing so much of what this, this, exp this existence is all about, this, this human journey is all about, and yet living out my traumas and living out my, my humanness um, until I was ready. Mm. So... Uh, yeah, maybe that's part of why I, I feel called to work with kids is that I did wake up so young. Um, I did have that awareness. I'm just now thinking about that right now. I'm like, oh, maybe that's why you are so called to, and I don't have children. Um, I've never had the desire to have kids. Um, it's always been blocked in some way, which is interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, it, and it's it's funny because just to share with our viewers or listeners, right before we started this conversation, I shared with you that I was so excited to see that you have a community for children. I think it's five to 12. And then you mm -hmm. have a community for adolescents, teenagers. And I was saying to you, it's so good. It's so needed. And I watched um, part of your, not the whole video, but part of your conversation with um, two starseeds uh, young, young, old souls um, on YouTube that you put out in December. And um, it's so good because 
I think the word you used was compartmentalized. And I was a little older than you when I had my kind of metaphysical awakening. I think I was 17. But were you born in 76? 75. Okay, so I'm 76. <laughs> so we're very similar. Um, yeah. but, but for me, the compartmentalization of my spirituality, um, just me as a student of it, and then even when I started channeling for people, I kept that compartmentalized for years. And I think, I think that that was how it was back then because there was this very much mainstream world and then there was the fringy, weird, you know, kind of that was, those were kind of the boxes and the labels that we were often put into. So on the one hand, your compartmentalization feels personal. And on the other hand, it feels pretty universal for what was going on, you know, 30, 30 something years ago, which I don't feel is quite the same now, which is good. I think we're starting to embrace it now. I think we're breaking that, that, that barrier apart. I think we're, we're dismantling sort of that barrier. That's like you show up as the spiritual teacher or in some capacity, but you don't bring it home with you, or you talk about it with your Facebook group, but you don't talk about it with your husband and, and kids, right? I think that compartmentalization is what we are embracing right now. Like, oh, no, 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 this is just being human, right? This is just embracing the multidimensional human now and becoming, and because so much, so many more of us are awake now, so many more millions, it's easier now for us to say, oh, okay, I can embrace all of these aspects of me in any situation and it's going to be accepted or not accepted, but I'm okay because I know there's millions other that are also going through this yeah. right now, you know? Yeah. And it's so important, like what you just said about sharing with people, because I, I mean, this is less common these days, but I've, I've been doing this work now for 16 years. I think it's 17 years this year. And one of the most common things I would hear um, would be, how do I speak to my partner about this? Like, you know, that this separatism, uh, yet you're living in a house with some, you know, and, and one of the things I would always say is, well, it's in your energy field. So they wouldn't be with you if, if they needed that completely edited out. Now, sure, we've all got to figure out how to speak to perhaps a more skeptical person about our experiences. Sure, there's, there's going to be a learning curve there for everybody, us and them. But, but it's in your energy field and it's also in theirs. Like we're all connected to spirit, whether or not we know that, engage with that or, or are aware of that. Mm -hmm. And... I think a lot of times, some, one of the things I teach is how to observe yourself. So I always talk about we're bumper cars. That's how I like to see it. So it's a, your, your energetic field and their energetic field. And when you connect, it's like a bumper car, right? Nobody's interfering into your field and you're not, they're not in, you know, it's a bumper car kind of exchange. And so I teach how to observe yourself in the relationship or in the moment with the other person. And so you become detached. So it's not like, oh my God, they're doing these things. Oh my God, they're not listening to me. Oh my God, they're not. But it's more of like, oh, look at the energetic exchange that we're now having. I'm saying this, they're saying this, this may be the pattern that we play out, right? Where's my energy going? So it becomes more of like, um, 
a massive amount of observation. I'm a bumper car. I'm hitting that person's energy. We're dump, we're bumping in energetically and, and how to navigate it from that perspective, I think is huge because then you, you're not attached any longer and you're not the victim, right? Yeah. You're not the victim. It's like, they're doing these things to me. They're making me feel these things. It's like, oh no, stop, hold on. How are you responding? How are you reacting? How, how is that game playing out as the two bumper cars? Um, and then you become more empowered as well. It's like, oh, oh, wait a second, hold on. You know, there's an empowerment piece to that when, when we have that awareness um, and observation, it's massive. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. It makes me think of the horse. You know, if the horse is chasing after you, they say, stop running, and the horse will stop. And it's like if, if we take an action to change the dynamic, there will be a, a shift for the other person too, which I think we, we forget. You know, we get embroiled in these things. And it's like, no, no, we're here to transform that stuff with each other. And it might be that you have to be the first person. You might want the other person to do it for you or to, but you might have to be the first person to, uh, to walk into that uncomfortable new place with mm -hmm. someone else and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and make the change begin, which we're definitely seeing, you know, the battle play out on earth right now, the kind of, of, of the polarity of, of the different, if you like, um, dimensions of reality that are trying to, from my perspective, be non-multidimensional, you know, trying to maintain one singularity. I am the victim, you are the perpetrator. And it's like, there are, there are always areas of gray there. And, and I think that's kind of an interesting and, and sometimes painful thing to witness right now or, or be in feeling response to as we're seeing this go on in the world. You and I were just talking uh, about, you know, there's a, we're recording this um, beginning of January. And literally there was just a headline about the riots going on at Capitol Hill um, right now. And, uh, and it's difficult because on the one hand, you understand that this stuff is playing out and it's supposed to, and it's going to, and when you connect up, it's like, okay, we're, everything is going on exactly as we expected it to, but on a human level and the, the suffering, that's really hard to be with, I think, as, as an empathic person. Yeah. It's so interesting because, um, I've been called to teach in different ways the last couple of months. And it's exactly what you just discussed or just brought up, which is it's not, there's no right or wrong. It's not black or white. It is, it, it is okay. There is a larger perspective playing out and, and to, to understand that larger perspective, which is, this is the evolution of consciousness. This is what it looks like. Um, so it's perfect and divine the way it's playing out. But from another perspective, we're also very human. We're very physical and we are absolutely going to have emotional responses to what's happening. And to deny that or to make it wrong or to, you know, to pretend that it's always sort of like, oh, but it's always just divine and perfect. And then when you actually have the human experience around it, then you're making that human, ex there's, there's something wrong with the fact that you're angry. There's something wrong with the fact that you're getting triggered. There's something wrong. And it's like, no, this is the juice of the evolution of consciousness. You are still physical. You're still standing in all of this. And we are learning how to, I think, 
a lot of us, I am, I'm learning how to balance that. How do I balance my human reaction to what's happening in DC, the human, the humanness of, oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to unfold? Are people going to get hurt? Like, do I have a side, right? Like, is it okay that I have a side? Like part of just being human, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But then also jumping up and saying, yes, but Lori, it's all divine and perfect. It's all divine and perfect. I mean, it's all divine and perfect, right? Like having to just remind myself and teach from that space as well that we get through this, but we also get to honor all of the human juicy pieces to it because that's why we're here. Totally. <laughs> that's why we're here. We're not here to always... We, we're here to go through this, to evolve. You can't evolve by denying if you have a side, right? Mm -hmm. Like until you don't have a side. You mm -hmm. have a side until you don't have a side. Or you, you have the anger towards something until you don't have the anger towards something. Um, lightening, lightening up about it. But that balance, for me personally as a teacher, has been very interesting um, to balance and to teach. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been one of the kind of stretches for myself, um, showing up for humanity because my guides are like, Oh no, no, you got to talk about this. And I'm like, what? No, 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 no. I don't talk about that. Oh yeah, no, no. You're going to go talk about this now. And I'm like, oh, how do I talk about dark? How do I talk about dark, dense stuff that that I don't, you know, how do I navigate that? Um, so, I mean, of course I say yes to everything, but that was definitely, and still is a, a challenge for me of like, you know, really allowing that dark to, to be seen and to be talked about in a loving, compassionate, real way. That's why we're here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. We were just, uh, again, right before we started the, the recording. Um, and I said, we should start the recording. You and I were talking about um, your evolution lately of bringing more of your humanity into your teaching. And we were just sharing how so often there is an idea of what someone is, if they are spiritual in their interests or they're a spiritual teacher. And all kinds of labels and projections and boxes get put onto you by others, especially I think if you are, I think especially in our YouTube and internet age, it's far easier to box someone who you see on camera or doing a certain thing from one angle or one position versus if you're like spending three weeks with them in life, you know? And from my perspective, I feel like we when I was growing up, so much of the humanity was whitewashed out of spirituality. I had to go to spirituality for the metaphysical higher consciousness. Then I had to go to personal development mm. for the humanity. And I needed both. Like, absolutely. I mean, I was crying out for human healing, especially at that point. So it's interesting now, I feel, to start to see the multidimensionality of, of the two kind of cross-connect. 
Um, but it is interesting, our perception. I think we have this culturally holier-than-thou idea of a spiritual guru or a spiritual teacher, which says far more about what, how we engage with spirituality than actually the person that we're focusing on and how we as a culture have kind of boxed everything. Whereas actually the big messy truth of it all right now is no matter how spiritually evolved you have been for as long as you've been, none of us are coming through this period without some major purging going on because we've got a collective energy field we've all lived in that our bodies have walked through that are being asked to very quickly move up and shift up. And I think 2020 as a year was the first really big year like not that the others weren't, but the really big year that I have kind of seen on the planet in the last kind of couple of decades while I've been doing this work where things got very real, very in your face on all the levels. What's going on over there in this system, in this group with this leadership? What do I need to watch out for? What do I not trust? Are they telling me the truth? Oh no, they're not telling me the truth. But then equally, yourself, like all the stuff you go through where you're like, oh, I have to let go of this aspect of my behavior or my personality or full on, like going oh, through. <laughs> yes to everything you just said, a thousand percent. You just mirrored my entire life last year. You know, it's interesting because I think in our community that 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 one of, and, and I think in general, just in in general, we we have this like um, this kind of false god sort of thing that we do, right? Where um, whether it's a teacher like you and I, whether it's a famous person, whether it's a politician, there's this idea that they have what I need, or that they are going to give me what I need. Um, and tell me what I need or how to do things. And one of the systems I feel deeply that we're shifting out of is that where, and I think we as teachers are showing up for reflecting that meaning, oh, no, 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 this is a, this is, I'm here to, to walk with you. Um, I'm here to stand side by side with you. I just happen to be doing it this way. This is just the, the, the blueprint that I came down in, which is that I channel messages, but we're side by side. We're literally, we have our arms wrapped around each other. It just is looking like I've got a YouTube channel with all these subscribers, right? But I'm no different than you. Maybe I receive information that you don't receive and, and thank goodness that I can share it, right? And, and you either resonate or don't. But it's taking this like false God thing that we've done for so long and, and ground it down into, oh, no, they're just navigating like I am. They have their, their, their traumas just like I do. And I think the more that we can show up like that, the more we can break that system down, which is like, I know more than you, listen to me, give me your money so that I can tell you what you need, that kind of hierarchy, it's it's breaking down. Um, and I think for myself personally, the, 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 the stretch for me has been, okay, if I say to them, hey, P.S., the first three days of January, I literally thought I might need to go to a hospital because I thought I was losing my mind with what I was going through. If I say that, 
I mean, now I just say it, but in the beginning, six, seven months ago, when I really started sharing, it was like, okay, how am I going to be perceived? Am I going to, are people going to no longer trust me? Are they no longer going to listen to me? And it became apparent that I couldn't, it couldn't, it didn't matter anymore. It was like, you have to just say it. You have to just speak it. And there was this liberation of like, oh, I can just, I can just be me and I can just share my, 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 the way I'm navigating this. And it doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter because I know who I am. I, I know who I am. And so what an empowered place to be that you can share all, I can share the fact that like, I literally thought I lost my mind and was like massively bipolar the last three days. Like, oh my God, I'm, I might lose my mind. And then I can talk about it and be like, hey, you guys, you guys see me in this certain way, but it's, that's, we're all going through this. Yeah. We're all going through it. Um, and that's breaking down that old teacher, student, because it's never been real. This, mm -hmm. These teachers have always been human, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the really good ones were willing to share that about themselves and the ones who were more corrupt played into that game, you know? And, 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 and like you said, the, the ones who, who were corrupt then or now, they're only corrupted by their own wound. So what I had to learn to, to, to get was more compassionate about that when I would meet certain people and be disappointed or feel like they were doing a disservice. I thought, no, 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 this is, this is, this is the world. This is who we are. It exists everywhere. But I love what you just shared because you specifically said losing your mind. And that is one of the key stages of awakening for people when they have like a huge opening or upgrade, especially around third eye opening, psychic connection, channeling connection. You know, you're, you're, the old you has to kind of get out the way, whether it's for a few days or a few months to let that new in. And then it slowly can, aspects of it that are still going to be part of your future can come back. But there needs to be like a clearing. So I think it's great that you shared about that specifically because so many people will relate to that. And they did. And, 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 and you know, we just came out of that, um, the attachment to, uh, to December 21st, right? We all had our attachments around what, what we may have been experiencing, what we are going to, what we should have experienced, right? And so when, when you come out of, a, of a, an experience like that and there's an expectation or attachment about how you're supposed to be and then you literally find yourself like, like you know, curled up in a ball, it's like, wait, wait a second. Is there something wrong with me? Like, did I do something wrong? Did I not, you know? Um, so I thought it was really important to discuss as well because the way I view my, my now moments is that I trust so deeply that everything that is in my now, everything, no matter how uncomfortable and painful it may be, everything is moving me into the next highest version of myself, everything. And so I never turn away from it and I never judge it. I never judge it. I'd have no judgment for what I experience, which allows me to just have it. Um, and I try to teach that as often as I can um, because it, for me, it allows me to move through it with more ease and grace. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that, that I had a, a massive panic attack. I was, I was like texting my friend, like, oh my God, like, what is this? Like, am I losing my mind? Like what's going on? Like, and, and it, it can be very frightening because there's a moment where I felt really out of control, like no control whatsoever in a way that I haven't before. But the other thing that was coming to me was when I set these intentions for myself of like the, this version of me that I'm sort of pulling in, in the now moment, right. This, like this, this, this way of being that I, that I'm intending that I'm really um, in honoring myself to be in. There's aspects that got to go, right? Like, okay, Lori, if you're asking for this, if you're intending this, if this is your reality in the now moment that you are asking to experience as yourself, who you've always been, you're just now deciding to embrace it, right? Then be careful because this is what's going to mm. shake out of you. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is what's going to move out. Yeah. It's funny, Laurie, you know, I, I'm taken back like 10, 11 years in my life where I had kind of like the year, the year from hell and then like two years of recovery. And it was the most spiritually alive awakening period of my life. But it was, it was just, ugh, you know, I kind of like deathly. And I had the panic attacks. I had the, you know, the, the lack of functioning in certain areas that I just wasn't expecting. And yet, the funniest thing about it, I remember, was um, my guides had told me that at the age of 33, it would be a turning point year of my life. So I went, wow, that sounds great. Oh, you know, like I really, I totally projected what that meant. And it was the year from hell. But if I, I can literally divide my life, my adult life between that what happened prior to 33 and what has happened since like now with some, you know, 11 years later, I can look at it and go, Oh, it really was. Um, but yeah, when you're in it, it's, uh, it's disconcerting. And there's a huge judgment that exists out there about, Oh, they're crazy. They're into spirituality. They're a witch They're you know, so there's, there's this cultural programming in much the same way that the words conspiracy theory is designed to pull us away from investigating anything. You know, it's a defamatory statement um, that's kind of a catch all for that person's a loony rather than mm, they're just looking into the other side of something that doesn't seem completely true. Um, I think it's interesting that we have these fears of, am I going mad? around spiritual awakening that are also implanted in the culture so that when it happens to us, we're like, oh God, is, uh, you know, we, we do panic about kind of what's happening and what's going on. But, you know, it's, it's a messy process. There's no way around that. It's not messy for everyone and it's not super intense for everyone, but there can be those moments, especially if you've signed up for it like you did, like I did, like so many people watching and listening have. And, and I think 2020 was a, that was your 33 for a lot of us. Um, and I think it was a year where we, um, we uh, were kind of catapulted into massive change, massive, massive awakening. The other piece that came in when you were talking was everything's happening 
so much faster, like warp speed. So like that, that freak out that I had for two days might've been like six months for you in 33, totally. right? Totally. So now it's like, oh, by the way, you're going to have the freak out. You're going to have the panic attack. Then you're going to be in these higher states of a consciousness. Then you're going to sleep, swoop, swoop down into a complete exhaustion for a day. Then you're going to jump back up into alignment with your higher self. And like, get ready for the ride, right? Like, it's like, that's why present moment, non-attachment and just surrendering is like the keys. Yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> And it's interesting you say that because the last couple days of 2020, um, I wasn't working. I pre-recorded a lot of stuff. And man, I was just like, I was exhausted. I was angry. <laughs> I was all of these things that years ago, I would have tried to navigate around. I would have tried to talk myself out of being angry. I'd have tried to, and it was great. I had a moment with Stephen, my husband, who's great. And uh, he was like, you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm really angry and I need to be and I'm going to stay here until it's done. Which which I've explained to him, I said, you know, for, for me, that's huge progress from who I was in my 20s, where all my teens where I was trying to edit stuff out, trying to edit out the, the, the kind of difficult feelings. And it is so fast, like, you know, started in the morning like that. And by the afternoon, I was great. <laughs> and it's it's amazing. Like, but you, you just, you have to let it flush through. And, and I think get used to letting it flush through. And then in my experience, it gets quicker. Mine too. I, I literally like, I mean, I'm so used to this now, but it's like, I'm the observer all the time. And so I'm like, Ooh, I wonder how today's going to be. Cause I know that however I woke up may or may not be how I go to bed yeah. always. So I'm just like, what's today going to be like, like how many hours am I going to be in this state? How many hours am I going to, there's like, there's no such thing as like the this sort of like baseline experience that I have ever. It's always like, you know, just sort of like this movement that I have of, of everything. You know, if I go out, forget about it. Because, you know, I think you're in California. I'm in California. Forget about my mood. The second I go out there, listen, I may teach all these like you know, beautiful things. But when Lori goes out into like what's happening with the, all the masks and the grocery stores and the lines outside... It's very difficult mm. for me to stay in alignment. Mm -hmm. it's well, very... yeah, because you're walking into a group of people who are not in alignment, like far from it. And I'm not, I'm not judging individuals there. I'm talking about the collective trance that, you know, is kind that of... Energy. And actually, I have several friends who were great for me with that, who really led early on around... Um, I go out and I smile at people and I, you know, I try and remember that they might have weird reactions at me. Now, they're not doing that if they're exhausted. They're not doing that at, at their own expense, but they're, they're going out there to change, to kind of consciously change the energy. That's one of their jobs, you know. They're, they're not necessarily doing it for a living, but they go them. out into the world and move the energy in that way. And I, when I heard them describe it to me, I was like, oh, that's great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that too. Or kind of avoid, avoid as much of it as I can altogether. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's fascinating how fast we're sh how fast everything is, and um, the, the 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 shifting and the uh, the all of it, the emotion, the the beliefs, the behaviors. Um, it's just miraculous. It I, I, all the time. I'm like, wow, 
this is what we came here for. This is the, this is the go time. This is what, this is, this is it. Um, that's why when I see all of the stuff sort of unraveling in the external, I'm, I'm sympathetic and I'm compassionate and I'm empathetic and I'm, um, I'm, I'm seeing it for what it is, but I'm also really excited because I'm like, great, let's do this. We're ready. We can do this. We can, we can do this. We can, we can do this. <laughs> um, there's no fear in me around what we're experiencing. There's no fear in me of, um, I'm just so excited and I'm so honored and I'm so proud of humanity for what we are doing and what we're capable of and what we're going to continue to do. Um, but it always is like, okay, but it, you, you, it's always about coming back here first, you know, over and over and over, um, and the reason I think for myself as a teacher that I dive so deep into what comes up for me is the, the only way I can navigate, the only way I can teach this is if, is if I'm doing it, mm. you know, otherwise, and the only way that I can grow as a teacher and expand as a teacher is, or a guide or whatever, just a person walking down the road with you is that I'm courageously going through it as well and then sharing about it yeah. you know i really see it as like no we're just all walking together we just have different names different titles different whatevers but we're all we're like arm in arm you know going moving totally. you know totally. that's how i see it funny this kind of goes back to something you said a, a little while ago you know about like the human and the, the teacher thing one of the like the best teachings I ever got from my guys were uh it was like 2014 and I was doing an energy update video and and often in those first few years they were much harder for me like now I kind of know if I'm feeling a bit off but I'm not so off that I'm not in the zone to do a video that's just part of the energy and I just I just do it but back then it was more wrestling to get on camera and like, you know, there would be bigger waves for me around it. And I remember one particular month where, you know, the day was coming up and I was like, oh God, I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting anything. And they were just like, don't worry. It doesn't matter what you say. Over half of the effectiveness of your video is you getting on camera and them seeing that A, you're still alive and B, that you're going through it with them. <laughs> And, and it was so good because it got it just completely bumped me out of any idea of the importance of what I said because I was thinking I'm kind of repeating myself. It's kind of kind of said these things for the, for multiple months, and it was great because it was like, oh yeah, I totally get that because there are the people that comfort me because they're regulars in my life in person or on video or whatever. And I was like, oh, it kind of really helped me understand that we're all in this together and seeing that we're in it together is is more powerful than the moment that we let Bruce Springsteen be a, an amazing rock god, you know, an amazing magical musician. Part of the affinity that people have with Bruce is they've gone through a journey with him and they've yeah. grown with him. And of course, he's just, when he's not doing his magical thing that he's celebrated for, he's a human being trying to figure it out and go through the waves of this generation like we all are. It's so funny you bring that up about the showing up and doing the videos because the last couple of weeks, 
my energy has been different when I show up and do videos. It's very different. Um, and the message I received today is very similar to what you got in 2014, but it was like, it doesn't just, just push play, Lori. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I like to really receive the message. I like to integrate it. I like to download it. I like to really like, you know, have my notes with me. I'm like, I got the message. Right. And lately it's been like, oh no, no, no. You just push play. I'm like, but you only gave me one sentence. Like they'll give me one sentence. Right. And, 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 and they're what the, what they want me to, what, what they, they want me to just show up, just throw the words out, but just be there. Just let people know that you're there, that you're going through it, your experience, just, just be. And the energy of you being there with them, that is enough. It doesn't have to be this polished message that I'm so used to giving. Um, which for me is like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I just, and I'm never, I never, I mean, this is a very pretty personal, you know, whatever, but I never think my messages are effective. I always think that like, I'm like, oh, that, that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't that great. And then I always say to myself, Lori, you, you, you push, you publish it anyways. I never don't publish it. Because I've seen that the ones that I thought are the worst were the ones that were the most effective. Have oh, you noticed that? Oh, I mean, God, you know, that that for me was the first few years of training. Like, it wasn't about what I thought. It was about me showing up. And yeah. my opinion was not as important as everyone else's. Yeah. Yeah. And I think right now, humanity just needs us to show up. Totally. To show up. Um at least for myself and also having firm boundaries around that and what that means and what I can give. But um, there's definitely a, a, a learning curve in, you know, uh, how much I'm, I'm serving right now. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. I'm just going to do a little side, side jump to something else real fast, but the children and adolescent group that I started, I want to share something about it because it's pretty interesting. Good, because I wanted to go back there. Yeah. So it's very interesting what I'm experiencing because for four or five years, it's been a, it's been adults for the most part. And so I know how to navigate an adult. I am an adult. So I can do a video and I know that it's going to, it's going to be matched, right? It's going to be understood. Can I just say that trying to do a video for five to 12 year olds is so challenging. So ch I'm like, wait a second, hold on. This is a whole different level of showing up um, that requires a completely different recognition because the way I see the, the reason I know this is going to be so effective. And the reason I chose to do this group online community is because of how I see them. When I connect, I see them. I don't see their age. I don't see their emotions. I don't see what they're saying. I see them. And so that in and of itself is so powerful for them to be seen mm. because 
one of the children, not the two boys, but there was another young girl, 11 years old, who was a, a, a child to the adult Patreon. So she was in my Patreon and her child came on screen and she was bullied. She had no friends and she only talked to angels during her, when she was at, in the schoolyard, she would just go talk to the angels because nobody would talk to her. And I was really, um, I didn't talk to her like a little kid. I was very much like, do you know, you know who you are? You, you know that you're in this body. You know that you incarnated, right? And I saw that. I didn't talk to the 11-year-old that was bullied. I talked to that aspect of her that was inside of her that she's aware of. And she's, I got an email from her mom afterwards, and she said, the, the first thing my daughter said to me was, Mom, she saw me. She really, really saw me. And that is more powerful and effective, I think, than anything else that I can give these children and adolescents. But showing up and and doing videos and those things are where my teacher is like, oh, wait, I did like 17 takes for this one video that's like a three-minute video saying, hey, send me your questions, right? Because I was like, I knew that it, I knew that there were all these different ages and these different awarenesses and... Um, so it's just a really exciting thing that I'm stepping into, but also probably the hardest thing I'm ever going to do, I think. Mm. The and, most rewarding. And now. <laughs> For right <laughs> because, now. Because you'll master this and then there'll be something else. But it's funny, as you were speaking, you know, one of the things that, like for me being live in a room teaching, fantastic, because you, it's an energy ocean between you and the people and it moves and you can feel it. I had to learn the dance on camera. And I think it took me a while. Um, but I think doing loads of one-on-one -on -one clients was what trained me, where I didn't really know who they were. I didn't, you know, if they were on the phone or on Skype, my job was to speak to them usually for the first 20, 25 minutes about what I was getting about them intuitively before they asked me any questions or told me anything about them. So I think that trained me to work with this energy field that isn't visible. But what I, what I got when you were talking about the kids, I was thinking about that. And I now know kind of how to lock in to when I turn the camera on. Yeah, I have a few headlines for the energy updates, but I now know how to lock into how the community wants me to phrase it, hear it, how, which is the right way to go. But yeah, with, with that age group, it's a whole other level of soul and consciousness and, and uh, the way the human operates between five and 12 versus if you're an adult. So I can only imagine that learning that is like having to, yeah, having to learn a, it's like being a, a jazz mu musician, suddenly having to learn the rules of classical and, and, and fit <laughs> yourself to that, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't just talk. I mean, I can, but I also have to realize that there's a six-year-old listening. And so, um, and when you're on video, it's different than when you're face-to-face -face or even like, even on Zoom face-to-face, -face, it's different. Yeah. Um, but man, it just feels like it's time for these adolescents and children to, um, I, I, and I'm not saying that they haven't been, 
Um, but I think that there is a growing awareness um, around the need for them to be um, supported um, in a way they haven't before. Um, Which is interesting, you know, you, you share that you had a fairly, in my experience, unique upbringing where you had a mom who was taking you to this kind of stuff and exposing you. Did she, uh, was that like a driving force for her and her parenting? Or was it more that she noticed that you were open to it? Or was it more just casual and you just happened to be going to these things because she needed to go, so she was taking you too? I'm, I'm curious how it was for your mom around you as an adolescent. I think she started, because I have two brothers and they weren't, they didn't gravitate towards it. So I think she started sharing about it and talking about it. And then I just soaked it up. And I think I was asking for more. And I think I was like, I want to go. And then it became like, hey, I'm doing this this weekend. Do you want to go? Yes, I want to go. I want more. I want more. I want more. Um, and I was always just like, what books are you reading? Okay, I'm going to read those books. Um, so it was, and as soon as she saw that I was in, interested and wanting more, then she, then she just started, then I, it became like, okay, this is what we're doing next. This is what we're doing next. Um, it was just, I was just always side by side with her. Um, yeah. Which is a great gift if you have that. Um, yeah. it's and a is great your, is gift. Is your mom still alive today? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so how does she feel about, you know, your, your work in the world now? Oh my God. She's like, she's, she's, she cries all the time. She's Aww. just so, um, she's so honored to watch this unfold. And she's, um, she's so proud. Mm. She's just really, really proud. Um, and yeah, she, she's just in awe. A lot of times she's just in awe of how I navigate how I was, how I got to where I am and, 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 and what I went through to get there, like the amount of trust I had to take, the amount of things I had to let go of. And, um, you know, the way I live my life, I, I think is pretty different than a lot of people. And so when she watches me live my life for the service of humanity, she's just like, I could never do that. I could never do that. I could never do that. Um, and it's like, for me, I'm like, I don't even see it as doing anything other than what I came here to do, mm. um, you know? And as long as I show up and, and take on the now moments, then it's always provided for me um, in terms of whatever I need and, and the best way that, that humanity will receive um, from me. Um, and it's it works. It's been working out well, but yeah, she, um, it's funny when I started the children and adolescent group, she said, I always knew you were Cause we went to a, a reading and actually it was in Malibu. We went to a, um, a reading once and the guys, and I was like 16 and he, and he said, you're going to be working with millions of children around the world. And, um, and if you had asked me four months ago, no, I would have been like, no, I'm not working with kids and adolescents. But my mom was like, I always knew you were going to. I always knew you were going to. Um, 
So she's probably my biggest cheerleader. Beautiful. And you know, for, for everyone who is grateful that Laurie Ladd is out there doing her thing, thank you, Laurie's mom, for, yeah. <laughs> for pioneering and paving the way and, uh, you know, kind of providing you with a, with a safe space to, to, to walk into all of this. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, obviously I needed it. I mean, obviously it was like, okay, I'm going to come in and I might have my traumas, but give me a freaking mom that's going to that's gonna help me um, get that foundation first. It's interesting when you think about incarnating into the body and the, the kind of blueprint that you're coming in with, right? And then you realize like, okay, this is a minefield that you're in. Like cross your fingers that you're going to, make it through and that you're going to actually embody that, that which you came here to do. I just find it fascinating the way this human journey is and, and the, all the probabilities that we have um, that could be in any now moment and, and really being able to find ourselves back in our bodies, centered, grounded, aligned, connected after everything we've gone through in the human, in the human journey, that in and of itself is a miracle. Like, it's just a miracle. This human, this human journey is a miracle. Um, so I think I was like, Hey, can I get a mom that's going to like, you know, help it, help me a little bit when I go in? Cause you know, it's a chaotic down there, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And how about your brothers or other family members? You know, how are they with, with what you do publicly? I have the most, the, the most unconditionally loving family I could ever ask for. Um, it doesn't mean we haven't had issues and, and, and traumas, but they unconditionally love me. My older brother um, is all about what I, what I teach. He, he's a thousand percent on board. My younger brother, not so much, but he's also my assistant. So mm-hmm. he, uh, he accepts it. He, he allows it. And um, you know, it's cute. He's, he's starting to answer emails in a way that is his. And he's like, Oh, don't worry. The meditation is, is, is always a now moment. So you're going to get what you need from it. And I was like, where'd you get that? Like, how'd you know that? (laughs) So it's like, it's so beautiful to watch our differences. Like there was never fighting. There was never, why don't you see it my way? There was never, you know, politically we're very different, but we don't ever try to change the other person. Um, ever. And we don't, we accept and we love and we honor and, and that's that. And, and, and we're able to be together. We're able to come together. We're able to, there's something about this unconditional acceptance that we have, um, that any differences are just differences and we know what to talk about and what not to talk about. And even when we get into an argument, it's like, oh, we just got into a massive argument. Maybe we don't talk about that subject for a while. Okay, great, right? And then we dissolve that subject um, because it never feels good for me at least and for him to be butting heads on a in a consciousness that neither one of us are gonna change, right? Like this is my, this is what I'm holding. This is what you're holding. Why are we arguing? That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to change my my beliefs right now, and you're not going to change your beliefs. So let's not waste energy on this, and let's just move on to something else. Um, so uh, I'm I'm grateful because I know a lot of people um, haven't had that experience and don't have that experience. Yeah, and I'm grateful to hear you 
say what you just said because I'm I'm very familiar with the other narrative, which is you know my family rejected me, I rejected them. You know I I think that 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 can be a part of the spiritual journey for some people. So it's fantastic when you hear a story like yours, and I know I know lots of other stories like yours. I mean my family are, are very very loving, like very loving people, all quite different, but yeah we we've all got each other's backs, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that's great. It's huge. I have to ask you this. So, you know, we've just, and for anybody who wants to know more about Laurie's work, I'm hoping if you weren't familiar with Laurie before this, that you'll go and check out all of her work and all of her offerings, because what we've really done is had a conversation about who you are and what led you into that work. But one of the things that I was struck by when I was on your website this morning is um, you went for a little while as Laurie of Lemuria. So I thought I'd ask you a little about that, but also perhaps you could share with us some of your channeling experiences. I know that you work with the Galactic Federation of Light, and I'm just curious like how that came about for you or for people who are new to the Galactic Federation of Light and aren't completely sure what that is. Um, if you could share a little um, about that. Yeah. So 2000, I never knew I could channel, you know, even at 13, 14, up until, you know, whatever year it was, 2015, I had no idea I could channel nor that, that I would channel. Um, 2015, um, I went to a one day immersive in Mount Shasta with a woman and I came home and I was like, I think I'm going to work with her. I knew I was going to be quitting my job. And I knew I, I had already gone to Shasta and stood on the mountain and said, whatever you need to do, let's do it so I can get to work. And so I started mentoring with this woman who was a channeler. And I don't remember how it happened other than because I'm designed to channel, because that's my work, right? When I sat down to start to kind of connect because I never meditated. I never resonated with meditating. It just was not something I did. So I sat, closed my eyes and it was like immediately this, this, this consciousness or this being from Telos, which is like this fifth dimensional portal within Mount Shasta, a Dhamma came in and I'm like, and I didn't know his name. And then I found out, then I heard his name and I didn't know that there were other people that knew his name. And then I realized that I was communicating with him. And so for months that he taught me how to channel, which was amazing because I, he taught me how to feel energies. He taught me how to decipher between like an angelic consciousness and a galactic consciousness and like um, a dragon consciousness, he would literally be like, okay, there's three consciousnesses in front of you. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, now go to the one on the left. And he's like, I want you to feel into it. I want, what is it? Dive deeper into that energy. Is it tall? Is it short? Anyways, he would give me all these exercises. And that's how I started realizing that I was a channeler. But I thought, you know, okay, I'm just going to be channeling these like Lemurian beings inside Telos. And that's why I was like, oh, I'm Lori of Lemuria because I go into Telos all the time. Telos is, a, again, a portal, like a fifth dimensional frequency consciousness portal type of place. Um, and so I started offering individual sessions where I would take people 
on an energetic level into that portal where they could experience different consciousnesses, whether it's Lemurians or Atlanteans or angels or galactic beings or whatever. And what I realized when I started doing that, light beings started coming in. And I was like, what the heck is this? I mean, they were like, Every session, light beings were coming in over and over, all different types. And it was very easy for me to know exactly who they were. Um, I felt them very differently. If it was, I could feel the differences in their energies, their frequencies, their messages. And so I started channeling these light beings. And that's when I realized this is much bigger than Lemuria kind of stuff. And so... I was practicing in sessions. I did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sessions where I really got to hone in my skills of channeling and, 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 and providing messages. And it wasn't until I still hadn't connected with the Galactic Federation of Light. It wasn't until 2018, October of 2018, when I went to Machu Picchu. I'll never forget the moment I was on the bus there's like a bus that you have to take up, like 30-minute bus ride. And I knew there was a reason I was going, but I didn't know what it was. And on the bus, massive download came. And it was like, you're going to write a book. The book is going to be about how humanity became, how Earth became, how this whole thing was created and designed. We're the Galactic Federation of Light. There's a council of 12. We're who you're going to work with. I mean, it just came in like two seconds, right? It was like, flooded and I was frozen. I was with a friend of mine. I was like, Oh my God, I can't move. Like, I don't know what to do with all of this. And then I went and sat down uh, in one of these really powerful places in Machu Picchu. And I just started to, to receive from them. And from that point forward, the relation, the, the connection was connected and, um, and I've been connected and working with them daily, every single day. And uh, I wrote the book with them and um, I mean, I'm, I'm editing it, but I, that's who I'm, that's they're They're like, yeah, that we're, this is, this is it. These are your, this is, this is who you connect with every, this is where I receive all of the guidance and, um, and so much, so much was, was, was given. It was just like, holy cow. Um, but it was always really easy for me because it was what I was here to do. So when I teach kind of like how to channel, it's really challenging because we're not all going to channel as easily as perhaps you and I channel because we're not, we all have the ability to, but it's always very, it's not going to be the way that we necessarily, the ease in which you and I do it because that's our blueprint, you know? Um, It's easy for me. I can easily pull in beans and be like, oh, that's this, that's this, that's this, that's this. Um, yeah, so that's, 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 how it, that's how it got started. It was pretty interesting. That's great. That's great. And um, I feel called. I, we, this is probably our last question, really. Um, but I feel called to just ask you a slightly more nuts and bolts question which is Patreon. Now, I, um, I was saying to someone, in fact, I've recommended Patreon to a couple of people in our field. 
Um, one of them who's using it very effectively. I know you use it. And I said to them, if I was starting again right now, um, I would probably go the Patreon way because I think it's a you know very good system. It's a good way to, um, it feels very collaborative in, in a certain way. Um, and I was curious how you have found um, the experience of, of using Patreon for your work. And for those who aren't familiar with it, it really... It really is a system of patronage. It's for people who want to follow and engage with what you are creating. They can pledge amounts of money or set amounts of money in exchange for that. Um, and I was just curious how, that, how that's been working for you because I'm sure there are lots of other people right now poised to do their thing in the world. And that might be one of the, one of the routes that they're, they're considering. So I was just thought- Oh, I, was, I love this question. Great question because- I love, first of all, I was very against it um, for a while. Um, I just had this idea around it and, um, but I, something said do it. And so I did. And I have to say that I love Patreon. I love the community that is created. It's a, it's a system that it's set up. It's, 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 it's solid. I mean, yes, there are, you can't, it's not yours. So you can't adjust things. You can't, uh, you know, there's things you can't do because it's theirs and they have it set. Um, but I would suggest it hands down as one of the first things you start if you can, because it doesn't require a lot financially for somebody to come in. Um, you get to kind of choose how much you're going to show up or not show up. And everything is set up for you. So if you do live streams, it's set up for you. The replays are set up for you. The, the payouts are set up for you. The taxes are set up for you. The system is just set up for you. So if you're not if you're not tech savvy and you don't have money to kind of hire someone to do this sort of subscription on a website, which definitely requires a, a web designer to come in and help you. And, and it, yeah, several elements, and you know, it's a constant maintenance. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, there's a lot to doing it on your website. Pros and cons, I'm sure. But Patreon, if you're brand new. I just had a friend of mine who just came out of the, the shoots and is just teaching now and he started it and it's, he's amazed at what's going on and the people that are coming in. Um, he was a little bit like nervous about asking for money. I think a lot of us have that sort very of, normal. yeah, very normal. when you start out, you're like, oh yeah, oof, I'm going to ask you for money now, mm -hmm. you know, so you have to kind of allow people to have their opinions about it because I always get that no matter what yeah. I do. No, it's there is a whole, there is a whole thing. There's a whole group of people out there who get angry about spiritual teachers, healers asking for money. And it doesn't actually make sense because if they really stop and think about it, you know, unless you're a billionaire or, a, or even a millionaire who's willing to just, you know, is able to just invest all your own money, you know, free content is not free. It's free to the consumer, but you know, in my case, all the all the free videos and all the free content we produce, I'm paying really talented, dedicated creatives to work on that with me, and I'm I'm able to do that because people pay for the work 
here, but it's such an edge that kind of allowing allowing yourself to be remunerated for what you do. And I think one of the things that I always say to people, which usually helps because it was what I had to tell myself at the beginning, I would pay for workshops without hesitation. Like I would run up uh, bills on, you know, credit cards and loans to go to a workshop. That's how much I valued self-development. And I was doing it at a time where there wasn't this ability to give it all away for free. Um, you know, it was a very different time in the world. So if you value spirituality and if you value personal development, and for you, giving dollars for that was never a, you know, or, or pounds or euros, whatever it is, was never a problem. So too will there be people out there who will feel able to do the same for you. And truth be told, you know, if I hadn't charged for what I was doing, I would never have been able to build this production company that pays people to put, you know, really high level free content out into the world. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a very tricky argument, but it's one that we have to, um, we have to get better at busting through it because people, people are needed now. And unless you are someone who is only doing free work in the world, having some money come in is going to be important in in the world that we live in to be able to to make things happen or donate to people you care about or any of those things yep yeah it's it's it, i it's 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 really interesting to watch that that whole exchange happen um because it's a job i don't know anyone that would work for free and there's a lot that we offer for free. So it's just an interesting way that people look at us and say everything should be free. It just is very interesting. But when you, if you're first starting out, asking is always like, oh my God, this is going to be crunchy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Patreon can be a great way because you can, you're not asking for a lot, you know, 10 bucks, 11 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, right? Um, so it's a great way to get used to asking for, for, for money for your services, um, I think. And plus you create a really beautiful community uh, that's there just for you, that loves you and is like, and loves all the community that comes with it. Um, I mean, my community, I just, they're amazing. They're just absolutely amazing. And, you know, the, the, the kid, the two star seed kids and her mom, they were, when they came on screen, they were in a car. I don't know if I even said this story before, but I mean, I have, but I don't know if you heard it, but um, they were in a car when they were, came on screen. And I was like, oh, what are you guys doing? Where do you live? You know, basic questions. They're like, oh, we live in our car. And I'm like, OMG, they live in the car. They live in the car. Just keep going, right? Like in my head, I'm like, okay, just chill, Lori. You're just going to continue to have a conversation. Um And what happened at the end was the community gathered together and raised like eight or $9,000 unbeknownst to me. And she bought an RV. So they came together and, 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 and supported her and her children. Um, And so those are the things that I see happening uh, in my Patreon community is just, just the camaraderie and the, and, and also like take us, take us out of it. People are craving community, especially right now. And so if you can create a community, not on Facebook, but like on something that is not censored, um, that you can really have free will at what you're going to do on it, 
they will come in. People want community um, more than even your work, perhaps, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, wait, if I can come in and hear you once in a while, that's great, but I really want to mm -hmm. connect. I think a lot of my members probably are staying for the actual community that they have, because I also have um, a Mighty Networks forum. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's mm -mm. it's like P Facebook, but it's completely different than Facebook. And it's, it's super secure, but you can jump on and just talk and share videos and posts and pictures. And, um, and it's an, it's a way for the community to, to connect outside of Patreon because Patreon, you can't chat. Like there's no chat right? Yeah. unless you're live. You yeah. can't chat with anyone really, unless you chat in the comments of posts. So having a mighty networks forum, if, if, if anyone's listening to this and they do want to start a Patreon, um, check out the Mighty Networks forum or any other forum that's out there because that's a that's a key bonus to like to I think having a a, a community. Um, yeah. yeah. You know. And Laurie, you know, it, it it's several members of our portal community who echoed your name to me over over the last couple of years. So that seems like the perfect place to draw a a pause to our conversation. It has been delightful to talk to you today and uh, get to know a little more about what you do in the world and why you do it. And I just want to say thank you for, for being one of those bright lights that I see out there. And uh, yeah, it's wonderful. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, I've watched you for quite some time. Um, and so it's an honor to be on here with you right now and to, and to be connecting. So thanks for having me. Likewise, and uh, I'm curious to see what you're going to be doing a few years from now, and I'm just loving what you're doing with the kids. So for anyone who wants to go deeper with Laurie's work, as usual, we'll put links in the show notes. You would visit her website, laurielad.com, or you can find Laurie on YouTube where she's regularly posting really great free content. So Laurie, big love. Thank you so much, and uh, see you again, I hope. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Impact the World. And if you want to go deeper and more in depth with my work, you should check out my members group, The Portal. You can find it at my website, leeharrisenergy.com or visit theportal.world.